This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Heroes of HP12, the podcast that's all about the greatest football club in the land, Wickham Wanderers. I'm Michael Kenny, and I'm joined by Chairboy's mega fans, Adam Cooper, Dan Clark, and Damien Farrar-Hockley. Coming up, we'll review last night's sublime performance against Fleetwood Town, revisit last weekend's one-all draw against Exeter, and preview our upcoming trip to league strugglers, Burton Albion. We kick off with last week's action as Exeter City visited HP12 for the first time in five years, looking to spoil Matt Bloomfield's Adams Park homecoming. Things got off to a cracking start as promising youngster Chem Campbell fired the Blues in front after less than two minutes, but energy levels soon dipped as the visitors grew into the game, equalising midway through the second half courtesy of Kevin McDonald's bundled effort from close range. The Chairboys nearly found a winner soon after, but Sam Vokes couldn't find the net after a dazzling run, the game ultimately finishing all square. Guys, thanks for joining. It seemed to me like a lot of the initial pre-match goodwill was kind of quickly sapped away, at least online. Now, we had our moments, Exeter had theirs, but was this really as bad a performance as some were saying? Uh, Absolutely not, I think... um... We had this conversation last week, Michael. The uh, the phrase that Gareth Hainsworth used to use was never too high and never too low. Um, I think there was a lot of positives to take out of it. We were very, very scruffy at the back. I mean, it could have been 5-1 after about 10 minutes. They had so many chances in that first 10 or 15 minutes. Um, I think positives. Chem was was really sharp, certainly for the first sort of half an hour. And that was his, first, his sort of professional debut. And I think he... he he faded after that, but he gave us flashes of what he's capable of. Um, and Chris Farino was um, was a positive to take away from it. Um, and, you know, the fact that we're sort of partly recovered from that um, from that loss the week before. Um, and it kind of gets Matt off the mark. His first goal as Wickham manager, first point as Wickham manager, just uh, ticking all of those boxes with the, uh, with the first. So, yeah, I think 
I think there was a bit of an overreaction to it. When I was talking to people after the game, people were saying, oh, we should have got Danny Cowley and we should have got this manager and we should have got that manager. Um, you know, after two games, I think it's, it, it, it's far too early to pass judgment as to whether the uh, the appointment is the right one or not. But um, yeah, I don't think it was as disastrous as, uh, as many made us feel. I mean, from my point of view, it's his second game. Um, he's he's got to settle into it. It's been what a week and a half at that point since he was appointed. So, for me, he he needs a decent amount of time to settle in, get his style of play. I mean, we're, we're playing with players that have been working under Gareth for six, seven years now. Um, they've been playing exactly the same way pretty much for the last six, seven years, and you've you've got a whole regimental change. Um, you know, it's it's a big it's a big change for for everyone. I think from from my point of view, it it was a scrappy game. I don't think we can we can take away from that. But I think Exeter have come up from League Two. They're you know essentially League Two when you come up. It's it's all about League One survival, isn't it? Mm. Um, so I think they've done that and they'll be absolutely fine this season. But you know, we we just uh, we couldn't really settle into the game as much, and it, it, it was what it was. I don't really think it was as bad. A performance at all it just a bit scrappy i i agree um i don't think it was a bad performance i think it was a frustrating performance because we just couldn't get that second goal and i believe that's all we needed to actually win the game um with regards to the sort of sapping of the atmosphere i actually think there's still a small minority who think it's too soon for bloomfield to take over and they are the ones who are criticizing the performance online and things like that um, Exeter fought for the game because, the, like they said in there, I saw the um, pre-match drills thing that um, the club do, and they had a go from Exeter on. They just want to stay up, so they are scrapping for every point. This season is all about staying up for them, and that's what they did. It's it's interesting with regards to that negative sentiment. I it's to be expected, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. Matt Bloomfield, uh, he had only a couple of months. At Colchester, he's still so young as as a manager. You know, only retired last season. Uh, you know, he but he's been on that path. He's been on that path for a long time. Um, I kind of expected. I mean, my initial thoughts when he was announced was I was actually expecting a lot, a, a far more lukewarm uh, reception. But you know, like we said last week pleasantly surprised by uh, the way the club dealt with it the the initial reaction actually blew me away i was really surprised by just how many people were behind the appointment uh, and looking forward to the shrewsbury town game obviously that didn't go our way um perhaps it might have been a little bit of creeping frustration you know given that we couldn't find that second goal to put exeter away but you know like you guys said you know exeter very scrappy they are doing superb this season given the fact they're you know at this level for the first time in i believe a decade um but i I try really hard to to sift through the noise i think there's always going to be some negativity uh on social media and those people they're you know entitled to their opinion absolutely there's always going to be that portion of, of the club but it just did seem to be kind of creeping up just a little bit um but obviously as we will talk about in a couple of minutes uh you know, a lot of that kind of went away. But back to the kind of performance, we Chem Campbell, first goal, first senior goal, uh, first start for the Blues. Uh, he's been 
highly touted as a, as a future star uh, and as a really strong prospect. And, and from what I've seen of him in that game and uh, last night, um, I've been very impressed. What are your guys' thoughts on this player and what is his ceiling uh, as a professional footballer? I think he started really well. I think, you know, you have to remember this kid is a very, very young kid who who hasn't played a lot of first-team football. Um, he is going to tire. He is going to cramp up. He is going to have games that he fades in and out of. But I think Bloom's hit the nail on the head yesterday when he said, you know, what a weapon to have coming off of the bench. Um it, it, he's so quick. He's so direct. He wants to run at players. He wants the ball into feet. Um, and I think that that scares defenders and it will scare defenders at our level, particularly in the later stages of games. Um, whether he's going to be somebody who starts every game and plays 90 minutes, I doubt it at this point. But he looks very, very raw. Um, and And I see no reason why he can't make a career of it of it at Wolves um, in the top tier, but it's going to, it's going to take time. You know, there's a reason he's been sent out alone. Um, And that's because they want him to get minutes under his belt. They want minutes in his legs. They want competitive minutes on his legs. You know, they want him to get fouled. They want him to understand the hard side of the game and all of those things. He's learning on the job. And I guess that's one of the frustrations of, of taking a loan signing is that, you know, we're almost sort of manning him up to go back to his parent club and, and you know, apply his trade there. But at the same time, we wouldn't have a player of that quality if he weren't on loan. Um, and I made a bit of a statement last night, actually, in the bar that I think, from a game-changing point of view, I think Chem Campbell actually offers more than what Mometi did. I think Mometi was undoubtedly a better player. Um, but nobody could argue with the fact that he did get lost in games, but from a game changing point of view to have that real game changer to come off the bench and really run at somebody and really frighten them with their pace and be really, really direct. Um, I think Chem offers something that we haven't had for a very, very long time. Um, And to me, I think really after what three and a bit games, me and Damien were at, uh, were at Shrewsbury and he, within 30 seconds of coming on, he'd run pretty much the whole length of the pitch with the ball at his feet. And, um, you know, that kind of raw talent, that sort of um, Forrest Gump type head down and run <laughs> is um, it's great to see. And I think he's, he's only going to get better, but I think we've got to be patient with him. You know, he isn't going to fall in and start scoring 20 goals a season. He's a young kid, a bit like Blooms. He's learning on the job. Let's give him a chance. And, and yeah, I think the sky's the limit for him. He's an incredibly exciting talent. Obviously, he's, he's cut it, um, you know, with Wolves a few times. He's played, what, five times in the Premier League now, something like that. So there's obviously something there. I mean, he's one of those few players where I was watching the games and I was like, whoa, you know, when he was doing some of the turns and, you know, jinxing past two or three players, you know, it, it's rare you kind of get that excite, excitement around it. You know, you, you had that with Mometi and, Betsy and McSporran back in the day, you know, you, that's that's that kind of player that, that we we kind of really liked. Um, I think he's always going to have that tag on him that he's replacing Anis, and I think everyone's going to kind of always compare the two for the rest of the season. I think that that's probably a problem for Chem, but I think, you know, considering he took his goal well on Saturday and 
you know some of the, some of the play. He, he, he was very impressive. Um, I think he's great, great for us from from an impact point of view. As you say, he's very raw. I think um, you know. I think him and TJ can bounce off each other as, as terms of impact subs as well. I'd like to see more of TJ. Um, I think he's got that uh, you know fight about him where he, I think they'll they'll both make a massive difference this late half of the season. One thing I do say is that. He needs to play in front of someone. He's playing on the wing uh, with experience. Last night, I visibly heard JJ telling him what to do, basically. Um, a couple of times, you know, he was telling him to beat the man, or and and he was doing it. And so, basically, if he's got an experienced head behind him, there isn't a ceiling because he, you know, he'll learn from them and he'll just uh, get better and better as he takes on board. What the more experienced players behind him or or around him are saying. But as I say, last night he was taking the uh, orders from JJ perfectly and caused numerous problems for the Fleetwood uh, defence. So I think that's huge that he can he, he's so open to the coaching from the you know from the generals from the veterans in our, in our mm. side um he's going to benefit massively from the experience that's in this side and and i think it's a continuation of the initiative that you know gaz and dobbo had in place that you take the kids from the you know from the from the bigger clubs and you send them back and they are usually better players uh, having played you know in in the in the quarters so very very excited with that, but I, I just wanted to talk about that because I think I've been quite impressed by what I've seen, but I don't want to get too carried away. But um, yeah, I mean, let's move on to last night's action because I think it's just still fresh in our heads a little bit more. Um, but some important things that we mentioned there, though. Uh, first point for Bloom's first goal as well, building off of the disappointing trip to Shrewsbury uh, a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, but yeah, like I said, moving on to last night's action uh, and a quick return to a freezing cold Adams Park for the visit of Scott Brown's Fleetwood Town. Just like Saturday, the Blues got off to a fast start. Chris Farino's towering header, uh, giving us the lead inside the first five minutes. Despite being hit by a number of injuries, the boys looked fantastic, maintaining a brutal pace for much of the first half that the visitors just couldn't cope with. Fleetwood looked to be getting back into the game with echoes of the weekend beginning to worry the Adams Park faithful, but fears soon evaporated as Sam Vokes' tidy finish just after the hour secured the points and our first win under the new gaffer. So, guys, to my in my mind, the concerns from Saturday appeared to be largely addressed here. Uh, I saw great energy levels throughout, um, particularly, obviously, as we started, loads of positivity and some fantastic performances, some really strong individual performances that no doubt we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. But overall, what are your key takeaways from this win? I think for me, I think, as we said a little bit earlier, it's so important all of these little boxes are being ticked for Matt. His first first goal, first point, first win. Um, Saturday, I'm sure, will be going after his first away win. Um, I think... You could see by the look on his face at the end how happy he was. I don't think I've ever seen a manager be so delighted to uh, to win a game. I sit in a family stand and I could see a smile from uh, from where I was sat. He was absolutely beaming. I couldn't be happier for the guy. I think considering the atmosphere, you know, there wasn't many there. I think there was three and a half thousand there or something. 
um, and considering how bloody Baltic it was, um, I think actually the players put up a really, really good performance. I think we're starting to see little spells of what Bloomfield is going to be asking of his players. Um, and I think we're still getting the ball from back to front quite quickly, but we're doing it in a different way. We're not playing as many of the long diagonal balls, the high risk passes, as I call them, that we were before. We're playing through the thirds a little bit more. Um, I thought last night there were some really obvious performance performances that we'll touch on. I'm sure Voxy, Farino, Jack Grimmer, the save from Max was absolutely fantastic. But for me, the I tweeted this earlier, the, the unsung hero was Nick Freeman um, mm. in midfield yesterday. Josh drops out. I think there was a lot of concern about who was going to play that that scow and roll. You know, was it going to be David Wheeler? Um, and then you lose what he offers you aerially going forward. Um, was Wing going to be asked to to sacrifice his creativity going forward and sit in, or would it be Freeman? Um, and I think he was absolutely outstanding last night. He did all the the filth, um, almost like that that horrible like Scott Brown role. Almost, <laughs> you know, he was he was being watched by the master of it. But um, I think defensively he was really really good. His link up play was good. He he looked like he was thinking about what he was doing. Um, yeah, it got to the end, and he was he was telling the experienced players where they should be and where they should be going. I think he really grew into the game. I I was really concerned going into the game um, with no Josh, particularly how, how we started the season without him. Um, But yeah, for me, he was a massive positive. Um, I'm with Dan. I I would like it to nil up. I would like to have seen a bit of, uh, of TJ. Um, I don't think it would have done any harm whatsoever at 2-0 up to to give folks his legs some rest and uh, stick TJ on and let him run at him. Because um, I think he's, he's strong, he's quick, he's dynamic. He's a different player to folks, but he would have stretched the game 100% and probably would have made them play on the back foot a little bit more. But um, but other than that, absolutely no criticism whatsoever. 1-11, to they were fantastic. Um, and you know, what could have been a really difficult night. Um, we all know that uh, that our home record on a Tuesday night isn't the best. Um, and when there's 3,000 people that are freezing cold being outsung by 100 Fleetwood fans, <laughs> it's uh, it, it must be difficult to get off of the game. So, no, I was really, really pleased with the way the boys responded and hopefully it continues on Saturday. Before the game, Scott Brown had an interview at Cheltenham where he said... <laughs> We know exactly what we are expecting from Wickham. I don't think any Wickham fan that went on last night actually knew what they were expecting either. We had a completely different game against Shrewsbury. Again, completely different against Exeter. And then last night, the team sheet comes up. There's no Josh. And you're thinking, oh, no. Um, Fleetwood don't concede many. And they look good up front. They've got Stockley and Marriott. We could be in for a bit of a drubbing here. But, I mean, the surprise... it. it it's just completely different to how how I expected it to be. I'm I'm really pleased for him. I'm I'm really pleased he got his first win. And as, as Adam said there, you know, you, the smile on his face and him running up to Richard Thomas, like you know, so you you got to be so happy for him. But um, the one thing that I took from last night was, you know, yes, there is a continuation in terms of the culture that Gaz has kind of and Dobbo have bred into the club over the last ten years, but. 
he's doing it in his own way. I like the fact that we're we're using the ball playing players a bit more um, and spreading the ball around the park a bit more. You know, some of the cross balls from JJ to Hanlon last night to get Hanlon on, the, you know, it's that's great. You know, we, we want more of that. I, I I love seeing Brandon Hanlon running at defenders and especially their back uh, three four looked shaky yesterday. So, you know, we we made the most of that. I think, um, you know, when I was chatting to people during the game, it, there was a concern that it was going to be exactly the same as Saturday where we looked, you know, we looked like we maybe only scored one and, and not put the game to bed. But obviously, Voxy came up and gave us the goods and you know, what a difference a goal makes for him. He, you know, after he scored that, he looked like he could have scored four or five more. And I'm hopeful for Saturday, considering, you know, we've got Burton away and they're, they're struggling a bit that hopefully he might kick on and, it run a form there, so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But I mean, I think Bloom Ball was in full effect on last <laughs> night, and I think uh, you know I'm excited to see what comes for the next few games. I mean, I, I too was a bit bit worried about last night, uh, especially when I saw the team sheet. Obviously, no Josh. Uh, saw a couple of people commented saying, "Why, why bother? Josh is playing and things like that." Um, I would actually compare last night very much to the Oxford game. We nullified their threat, the, and but we gave them the odd chance here and there, but we, we mainly nullified their threat. But we made what could have been a really uncomfortable night look fairly comfortable. Um, and I just think that, like, like the guys have said, it was a marked improvement. And gradually, obviously, I was at Shrewsbury, wasn't great, but it, um, it was his first game after a couple of days. Exeter was slightly better because we got, you know, something out of it. But last night was just almost like a, a marker in Matt Bloomfield's managerial career with Wickham. That's the one. Mm. Kick on from there. But like I said, it was, I compare it with the Oxford game. Uh, and that must be a plus point for Bloomfield because it looked like Ainsworth hadn't left for me last night. It wasn't, it was, there wasn't the, uh, there wasn't the sort of long ball game that we used to play at under Ainsworth as much but the confidence was back in the players uh, it was almost as if if they'd gone oh okay so this manager does know what he's talking about and we will listen to him I, he said he wants to be going there as the gaffer not Blooms anymore and I think last night it showed that he has first first and foremost it's, it's wonderful to to see Blooms get that first three points you know you could see how much it meant to him like you guys said and uh, hearing his post-match comments you can't help but be absolutely delighted for him I will put my hand up in the air and say that I am probably the number one Bloomfield stan uh, here bar none sorry guys, I've, I've got that patch that's me um, so I'm delighted for him so so happy but I'm really happy for the whole squad, uh, talking about those individual performances. I mean, you guys brought up some really, really good points, raised some uh, individual performances that I wasn't even going to talk about. You know, Nick Freeman, um, bulldog performance, a Matt Bloomfield vintage performance last night. I'm sure the gaffer was absolutely delighted with what he saw there. Uh, Really fighting hard in the middle of the pitch. Um, I think Freeman was so good. I just didn't, you know, I, I... didn't ignore him, but I just forgot. It was like a moderate performance. Like, you know, when you've got that guy in the midfield pulling the strings and they're so good, they're kind of invisible. And that's a sign of a fantastic midfield player. Um, TJ is interesting. And 
I guess I'm going to go off script here. Um, TJ, uh, when he's on, uh, I love that bullishness that he has and he's very hungry for the ball. He's really hungry to prove himself. Um, you know, he's kind of come up, he's come, well, he's come to the English game via a very strange uh, route. Um, what does TJ have to do to really establish himself in the squad? Do you think he's going to get the chance? I thought yesterday for the first time, he always seems like a positive kind of guy. He's always great with the kids outside. He stops and has a chat with everybody. I thought last night was the first time I've seen a little bit of frustration from him. Uh, I don't know if anybody else noticed, but McCleary went straight over to him and put his arm around him and was having a chat with him. Um, He's clearly getting a bit frustrated. And I think all he can do is get his head down, work hard, and trust in the fact that when he does that in training, um, he will get a chance. Um, for me, you know, like you said, he's he again. We keep using the word talking about our players, which I guess is a great thing because we've got so many of them. But he's young, he's raw. Um, we don't really know what to expect, and he's he's a player who bizarrely has been kind of like thrown into some really big games. Um, Last season, he played at Sunderland away and Sunderland home. He came on as a sub. Um, you know, Plymouth, again, he was thrown in. And, you know, thankfully, after a bit of a fright, it was all right. Um, so there's obviously some trust there. Um, I just think he needs, you know, ye- yesterday, if we'd have finished some of those chances that we got earlier and we could have stretched it to two or th- to two a bit earlier or three or four, it would have been the ideal opportunity to throw him on at halftime, say to Vokes, you look, give those give those legs a rest. We need you to go again on um, on Saturday. But I think the fact that the game was quite tight and Fleetwood were getting on top of us, I, I can see why he didn't. But I would almost, when we went 2-0 up yesterday, I would almost have put TJ on because Fleetwood were clearly going to come at us. They were going to try and stretch the game. And I think he would have stretched the game the other way. Um, but... In answer to your question, what's he have to do? I think it is just a case of get your head down, keep going, your chance will come. And then when his chance does come, importantly, you know, let's not be nice about it. Yes, he's a nice guy. Yes, he looks quick. And yes, he looks strong. And he's looked brilliant in flashes. When his chance does come, he's got to deliver. Um, he's got to put the ball in the back of the net. You know, ultimately, we're not going to be dropping Hanlon's, Chems, McCleary's, Vokes for somebody who's not able to deliver. You know, if he gets half an hour and he... He gets another couple of assists or he puts the ball in the net, then he's going to give himself a chance. Got to remember here that we're 12 games uh, left of what is probably the most competitive League One season ever. Um, you know, the two that go up will definitely deserve it with beyond a shadow of a doubt. I think that for me now is Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday. I think the only teams we can kind of beat really and get into the playoffs is Derby or Bolton. Um, I think Hitswich and Barnsley just look too strong. And with 12 games left, regardless of how experienced Bloomfield is, I'm, you know, I'm a football manager, armchair, you know, manager. <laughs> I, I would be doing exactly the same and playing my ex-Premier League uh, players, Gareth McCleary, Sam Vokes, and really kind of utilising that experience as much as possible. Um, I think TJ does deserve a chance. Um, but if you look to earlier in the season when we started bringing Ali on quite a few more, games than than maybe uh than tj had um it kind of quickly came established that probably league one was a bit too high for him at that point in his career and obviously he's gone to wimbledon since and has absolutely stormed it there so he, he's found his level which is great um i still think tj's level probably is league one but 
we're 12 games left and we've got a sniff of the playoffs. I think, you know, he's, 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 if he comes on as an impact sub and, and makes a difference, then yeah, you know, but I think at the moment he is that impact sub. Um, Cham just seems to be that Duracell bunny that keeps on going and going and going. So that, that works for us at the moment. I don't know how much uh, steam TJ's got in the tank really to, to go for that long, but you know, we'll see. We, we need that depth towards the end of the season. I mean, the bench was made up of kids, wasn't it? So, you know, we're, we're obviously looking to youth, towards the end of the season for depth. So yeah, it's uh it's gonna be he's he's gonna get his chance, but we'll see if he takes it. I think TJ will get his chance with the size of the squad that we've got. It's not exactly um massive. He's more, I, I see him as an impact sub because I mean like in the Derby game he came off the bench and set up a goal. I just don't see him as a starter over what else we have in the in the in the team. I just think he's it, say say if you didn't play Chem, you could probably possibly play Handel on that side and play him playing the Handel role on the other side. But are you going to drop a guy who is on loan from the Premier League? I don't think you are. So I don't see him as a starter, but I do see him as an impact sub who will actually make an impact if we just let him have the chance. Do you think he could play as a 10, Damien? Of folks. Yeah. He's got the pace for it, I think. I think he's got the pace for it, and if, you, if, you, if you're having to chase a game, I think you could play him off folks and have folks knocking the ball down for him. Yeah, so it gives me kind of cash get vibes, like that player who who likes yeah. to get close to a big man. Um, you know who, who he reminds me of? He reminds me a bit of, you know, it would be the same sort of combination, I think, that Tommy Mooney and Jermaine Issa had. Yeah, yeah. yeah if, I reckon that, that could be the case if folks... If, TJ played off folks. Yeah. And what a combination that was. It was, wasn't it? (laughs) Good old days. Good old days. Um, One more thing before we do move on. Obviously, I think we need to talk about him, but Chris Farino uh, was superb last night. An absolutely massive performance. He's looked great whenever he's played anyway. Um, He's still young. What are our thoughts on him as a long-term permanent solution uh, you know, in our back line, obviously we had the blow losing Alfie uh, in 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 a way that none of us saw coming. But I really, I think Farino, he's got height, he can go forward, he's great on corners, he's solid as a rock. Um, have we found our permanent solution as a centre back in Farino? Isn't he the most Wickham signing that we could ever have made? Like, you know, he was about to go back to university. Everybody had written him off. Like, if you could write a player down that Ainsworth would turn good, it would be Chris Verino's story. It it, it is the most ridiculous story. Um, And how nobody else has seen it in him, I don't know. He just, Mm. he doesn't seem to have any flaws to his game. He's quick, he's strong. He's aerially fantastic. He's mature beyond his years. He seems to read the game really well. Um, you know, yesterday, I I was really worried about Marriott against Grimmer and Farino. Um, and he didn't get a sniff. It, it, he, he was just absolutely imperious. And but by the way, he scored the best disallowed goal I've ever seen in my whole life. Um, I mean, it, 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 it was absolutely ridiculous. But the fact that he's got that in his locker, um, to me, just adds another string to his bow. 
Um, and I think if I was Blooms, I think I'd be sticking a five-year contract under his nose now and uh, and getting him tied down because I think the kid's going places. He is a very, very talented young man. I'm worried we'll lose him to QPR, to be honest. Yeah. I think Gaz rates him that much. And if Gaz, if you're listening, he's not for sale. He's staying with us, all right. Um, we, we can't get rid of him. I mean, it's just, it was his confidence last night. His confidence was, you know, you could tell he's growing. You can tell game by game, you know, he's what, you know, 50 odd, 60 odd games into his, in like EFL experience into his career and what a difference it's making. But, you know, there's always been that worry where we've had like week on week, oh, it's tough playing, it's Mawson playing, who's playing. And, you know, the fact that we've now got Farino and we've got Grimmer as well, who can I just add is absolutely brilliant right now at centre back. You know, he's, he's really kicked on. And for me, has been the most improved player we've had this season. Um, but to have those two together, they just mopped everything up last night. And it's exactly what you want. But Farino with the added goals, I mean, that disallowed goal, how, how that was, uh, well, it was obviously a uh, Vogue's foul. But, uh, you know, I wish it was given because it would have just wonderful. And and it seemed to me the the I mean, they were saying that the goalkeeper, you know, he wasn't even trying to, to save it. But I think with the... Uh, ferocity of the shot. I don't think the goalkeeper saves that anyway. But I mean, you look at Vokes, he had a lot of shirt in his hand when the referee blew. Really unfortunate. But I, I think that goal, you know, had it stood, would have been, you know, just uh, just a, the cherry on the top of a Farino performance. Uh, Damien, what did you reckon of uh, Farino last night? I think, um, uh, Dan said about the confidence, I think he's been told basically at the moment, he's, or, he is the only se- only senior centre back we've got, natural centre back. Obviously, Grimm has been playing centre back as well, and he's been doing a good job. But he seems to have grown into the role as you know, for want of a better phrase, the man in the centre of the defence. And I just think that when we're not missing Mawson as much as I thought we would when Farina came in, uh, Tafazoli will be fit one day. I can tell you when, but I don't like. I don't actually think we uh we need him with. I mean, Groom and Farino last night for me worked so well together. But Farino was he scored the goal, and I just I just think he's. I'm I'm worried like Dennis. I think if we don't tie him down for a long time, not necessarily maybe QPI it might be, but I think if we don't get there, a Championship club might come calling fairly soon. Right, I think we're going to have to establish a new mandate that uh, we're going to have to turn away any any uh, QPR um, any QPR personnel from Adams Park. Anyone anyone QPR not allowed? And no Scouting. scouts banned. Sorry, guys. Um, no, uh, fantastic performance and, and an all round great performance. But uh, let, let's move forward to this weekend's action, Burton Albion. Um, we're hoping to build upon recent performances as we travel to Staffordshire uh, for a showdown with Burton Albion. Look, now the two home games that we've had under the Bloom era, four points out of six. Away form needs a little bit of work. Um, and But this is a good opponent to, you know, this is a good time to go to Staffordshire, good time to play Burton Albion. Uh, we played them at the start of the season, ran out comfortable 3-0 winners. And, you know, things 
got worse then on for the Brewers. They endured a terrible run of form, which uh, eventually saw the departure of their former boss, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Uh, things have improved under their new manager, Dino Mamria. I hope I pronounced that correct. And, uh, you know, they've since recovered somewhat, but they're still in a perilous position. They're 19th and they're only two points off the relegation zone. Heading up to Staffordshire, heading up for this game, what are our thoughts? What are our hopes? What are our potential fears? And do you think that we can continue this good run of form? Sounds so easy, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, if there's one thing that we've learned as uh, as Wickham fans, we probably, uh, we're probably all feeling more confident about Barnsley the week after than we are uh, but a trip to uh, to Burton on Saturday. I think um, you know, in um, in recent memory, we've got some good memories there. We have some good results against them. Um, but like we said about Exeter, you know, this division is so competitive; you can quite easily get pulled into a scrap with two or three bad results. So they're going to be scrapping for every point. Um, it's just it, it, it's one of those sort of typically old school places to go. It's a it's a small enclosed ground, even with a little crowd in there. It's noisy. Um, the pitch is little. It won't be in great condition. Um, don't get me wrong. It's a lovely little football club. Um, we had a great day out there last season on the last uh, the last league game of the season. But I think it's going to be a scrap. And I think as long as and I'm sure they will be by the way. But as long as the boys are are recovered in the right way uh, and focused on the task in hand, we'll be okay. I mean, the the thing that worries me, you know, we touched on how young the bench was earlier. Um, how fit is uh, is McCleary going to be? How fit is Vokes going to be? You know, we know McCleary was playing with a knock last night. He's not getting any younger. Um, you know, Vokes, he notoriously under Ainsworth would would perhaps miss out on a Tuesday night game. So he was fit for the Saturday games. You know, has he got three games in a week in him? I don't know. Um, but, you know, that said, the confidence that we take from the weekend, I think the confidence that, as we've already touched on, Farino and Jack will have at the back, I think will, um, will help us massively. And it's another two or three days that Blooms has had with the players that he hadn't had before the likes of the uh, of the Shrewsbury and the Exeter game. And I think that even though, if you think about it off the back of Exeter, he, he wouldn't have had Sunday with them. Monday would probably have been some sort of shape or recovery session straight into the game on Tuesday, and there was a marked improvement. So I think another couple of games of the players trying to get his ideas across. As long as we go in there with a, with a fit squad, um, I'm relatively confident that we can come out the other side with a positive result. It'd be the most Wickham thing for us to build up from a 1-1 draw with Exeter, 2-0 win against Fleetwood, and then just to lose 2 or 3-0 to Burton, wouldn't it? I mean, <laughs> it's inevitable. It's, you know, Burton have been playing okay, not been great, still scrapping for their lives. Yeah, uh, we'll see how we go. I, I, think, I think Adam's right, it's going to be scrappy. Um, but obviously, we're hopeful that uh, Josh might be back and can I just say how nice it is to have some injury news again <laughs> you know we haven't had that in a while um, so yeah hopefully he should be back for Saturday but we'll we'll see how we go I mean I'm hoping Vokes will kick on now He's he looked as I said he looked confident uh, confident against Fleetwood after he got his goal and hopefully you know he'll get a couple going and to be honest with you the uh, what was it two was it two or three one last last game of the season Last year, 
when we took 1800 down there. I can't it was remember. Three one, wasn't it? It was three one. Yeah. 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 I mean, it just, you know, hopefully, hopefully we have another repeat of that because that was uh, that was a good time, good atmosphere. I don't think there'll be as many there this time, especially with the snow. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm hopeful for a win. We, these are the games we need to be winning if we've got any shout at the playoffs at all. Absolutely. I think this weekend, I mean, it slightly contradicts what I said earlier, might be the perfect opportunity to put Vogel on the bench and put TJ out front. Mm. It's that sort of game, I think, because he, he, he's a fighter. He'll scrap it out if it turns into that. But he could cause their defence problems. They'll be expecting votes. They'll be expecting votes to play every game. So but if, if Josh comes back, maybe put Freeman on the wing or and give... Uh, Chem or Hanlon a bit of a, a breather. We've got Bristol Rovers next Tuesday to think about as well. Mm. So that's why I probably probably would start with TJ and not Bokes. And but I do think we've got more than enough to get three points on Saturday. I, I do wonder. I know it's something that we we don't usually play the we don't often play the four three three. We haven't played it many times this season. But I wonder if it might be worth uh, Chem. TJ Hanlon, you know, just up front. That combination seems like it might have Burton kind of. I mean, if they're if they're expecting the systems that we've been playing recently and playing Vokesy up front, that could really throw them for a loop. I don't know. Yeah, I think Blooms seems to have a shape that he likes to play, mm. um, but at the same time, I think we saw last night as well that that shape can be quite fluid, um, and I think. You know, the chance of perhaps chucking in one or two curveballs to... We saw Gaz do it, didn't we, at Plymouth? Um, and it nearly paid off um, against somebody like that and probably wouldn't be a bad thing. I think the problem that you've got, as Dan's already touched, I think Vokes is going to be absolutely buzzing after that performance. Um, and by the way, his performance on Saturday was really good as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and he joked when he came out... It, if if he could finish, he'd be world class or something along those lines. After the uh, after the flick over the defender's head and then the uh, the slightly scruffy finish, um, but I think he's going to be buzzing. Um, I think I would still go with Vokes, um, whether or not TJ's got a role to play wide. Don't know. Um, we know that McClear has been playing with a knock. I think it'd be really difficult. It'd be harsh to drop Freeman. Do you play Freeman wide like Damien just said? I don't know. Um, it's a nice headache to have, you know, how many times as Wickham fans have we been uh, scratching our heads over the last three or four seasons saying, who on earth is going to play there? You know, even at the beginning of the season, who on earth is going to play centre-back? Uh, we rock up against one of the best teams in the division with two left-backs and two right-backs in our back four. Um, you know, so it it's nice that there's a bit of competition there. But, um, but yeah, like Damon said, you know, it it should be straightforward this should be the sort of game we're turning up at where we're knocking a couple of goals past them um and we're walking away with a relatively easy win but we've all supported Wickham for long enough to know that that isn't how this football club works and if we do win it will be squeaky bum time we'll have loads of chances Max will make a couple of brilliant saves and we'll nick a goal and walk away one nil um and and, you know, pretend we were never at one point concerned, but it, it, it would be so Wickham um, to off the back of that performance last night to get beaten. 
or uh, as as we try to do so many ta- so much on this podcast, we, we're the optimists. Okay, um, I'm I'm definitely the blind optimist of the group, and and maybe we just go there and we just win four nil, and it's the most relaxed <laughs> trip ever. Um, before I get into score predictions, Dan, you you've got something else to add. I was going to go with a score prediction. Uh, we're eight we points go. away. We're eight points away from. Uh, sorry, eight goals away from Derby and Bolton in terms of goal difference. So if we can do an eight nil drop in and just get on <laughs> level par with that, we'll be all right. I'm fully on the promotion train if we uh, if we win eight nil on Saturday. I I think we would all be popping open the champers if uh, it's if it was an eight nil away trip. Uh, look, let's talk about recent record. Uh, we've won the last three meetings against Fleetwood uh, and there have been some comfortable victories in there. Um, barring a five nil defeat in the Papa John's trophy, which no one is ever going to talk about again in 21, uh, 2021, we've not lost against Burton in the league for over four years. Obviously, I hate kind of throwing it out there because I'm tempting fate. But with that in mind, let's get some score predictions on the board. Uh, Adam, let's start with you. What are we going with as a score prediction for the weekend? I'm still quite positive from last night, so this will probably change on Saturday morning when I wake up. Um, I'm going to say 3-1 with a vote double, I think. That'd be nice. Um, maybe a, maybe another cheeky little header from uh, from Farino for the third. That would be absolutely lovely. Give us plenty to talk about in the next episode. Um, Dan, are we sticking with the eight nil? Realistically, he says no. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll go with I'll go with four two and a Voxy hat trick. Nice. I actually think we're uh, not going to concede. Mm. I'm going to go. Th- I'm going to go three nil. Three nil, nice, uh, and and that would make it a nice square round six nil aggregate uh, for the season. Um, I'm going to be a little bit I, the optimist, but I am going to be a little bit more realistic. I, I think, it, like like we've been saying, I think it's going to be scrappy, but and they're absolutely fighting for their lives at the moment. They have picked up wins. They've been very inconsistent with their form mid season. They've recovered nicely. They had a nightmare start to the season, uh, and they have picked things up to a degree. They're still in danger. They're fighting for their lives. I think they're going to make it really difficult. For for us. I'm going to go 2-1 uh, a, a win for the Blues to keep up the good form. Um, right, well, that will do it for this week. Thank you for joining for this episode of the Heroes of HP12 podcast. If you've liked what you heard, consider subscribing on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Heroes of HP12. You can follow Adam at APCWWFC. Dan at Dan Clark PR and Damien at Damo1507. Before we do go, we, we made it pretty much an entire podcast without winding Damien up about that 7-0 result. Is there, is there anything we want to say to him now? <laughs> I think I've said all I need to say. <laughs> I'll just no, say that, that seven's a significant number because it's the gap between Man United and Liverpool. Oh! I told you that be his response as well. <laughs> case, of seven, case of seven up is, is on its way to you, Damien. Uh, thanks for joining. Uh, we'll be back next week for another action-packed episode. Until then, stay well and come on, you blues.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.